Please be seated. And I just got to say, it feels really good to hear babies in church. Can I get an amen? amen? Yeah. This morning at the 9 a.m. liturgy, uh, we celebrated a really special liturgical event, which only comes about once a year. It's really special. It's really important. And it is the blessing of the backpacks. We gathered all of our children, their backpacks. They brought up their stuff, and we blessed them for their new school year and blessed our teachers. And in light of this liturgical event and all the talk of school starting again and the smell of backpacks and school supplies and the first Friday night football games, well, I've gotten a little nostalgic. And I've been thinking about my own school experiences and the lessons that have really stuck with me over the years. In light of this week's gospel reading, I've been thinking about one lesson in particular. It's a lesson I still think about nearly 20 years after I first heard it as a freshman at A.C. Reynolds High School. I had a teacher who was fond of reminding their students of a certain phrase over and over and over again. Perhaps you heard this phrase, you only have one reputation. You only have one reputation. So be careful with it. It's hard to get back once it's been lost. Reputations. I want to talk today about reputations. We learn their importance in school, but the lesson is reinforced over and over again in our adulthood. Reputations. I want to ask you, what is your reputation? It's a really fascinating or perhaps terrifying question to consider. And the funny thing about rep reputations is that even if you don't want one or say that you don't have one, your reputation still exists. What is your reputation? And how important is that reputation to you? Before we start to get too uncomfortable, and before we start to look down our noses at the idea of having a reputation, I want to say that reputations are totally normal and human things. We as humans depend absolutely on someone other than us to give us a sense of our worth. We all share a profound need that someone should recognize us, that someone should see us in our accomplishments, and they should like us. And nowhere more obvious is this than social media. We share a profound need that someone should like or love our photos or pictures of our dogs or pictures of our children. And that's why platforms like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok have millions of users we crave recognition in society, and how we act is deeply motivated by our need to obtain that recognition. At the heart of the gospel passage in today's lectionary is a parable from Jesus on the sense of our own importance and the sense of ourself. At its heart, this passage today from Luke speaks about our reputation, and it asks us a few really important questions. Who is our reputation helping? Who is our reputation hurting? And whose attention, whose recognition, whose affirmation do we really seek? 
I want to look at this parable today through the lens of a theologian I read a lot of in seminary, a theologian named James Allison. He's a Roman Catholic theologian who looks at the concepts of recognition and reputation and shame in Scripture. And he wrote a book called Raising Abel. And in that book, Allison talks about the words honor and glory. And we see these words honor and glory a lot in the Gospels. And Allison talks about how there is one Greek word, one Greek word, doxa, which translates literally to reputation. Now, I mentioned that we are all going back to school, so I want to invite you to say that word with me. Doxa. B plus. B. Doxa in Greek means reputation. So in the case of this passage today, if you want to look at it with me, when it reads, friends, move up higher, then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. It translates literally in the Greek to friend, move up higher, then you will receive reputation in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. This banquet, this banquet is not about food. Like way too much of life, this banquet mentioned today in the parable in Jesus, it's about social status, it's about who's in, it's about who's out, it's about drawing thick lines between human beings and different castes and groups and sects. It's about drawing boundaries between people who should stop racing and fighting one another and simply sit down and share a meal. There are serious rules at this banquet which must be followed. Advice must be heeded in this banquet today. Authority must be respected lest we try and scurry too fast to the center of power and leave ourselves vulnerable to being asked to move down the banquet line. And that would be a spectacle of catastrophic public shame. Today Jesus tells us that we should humble ourselves that we shouldn't frantically rush to the higher seats at the banquet table, that we shouldn't scurry towards gaining the social power, the affirmation, the reputation, the recognition, which we desperately, desperately want. Jesus tells us to stop with the rat race, which exhausts us and stretches us far beyond our energy and our integrity. No, Jesus says, wait. And as we see so many times in the gospel, he flips the paradigms of power upside down. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The first will be last, and the last will be first. Honor, reputation, Jesus says, comes from the refusal to frantically rush towards power. But that's not all. As always, Jesus, with his parables, offers us something deeper beneath the surface. And that comes with the inclusion of the last paragraph of this gospel passage. I invite you to take a look at it with me. Jesus says, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus tells us 
that the entrance to the heavenly banquet, the seating at the banquet to come at the resurrection, will not be dependent on the reputations and honors of those in social and political power. Why? Because of a shocking and clear truth that God has a terrible reputation. God has a terrible reputation. He's a troublemaker. God has a terrible reputation visible in Christ the incarnate. He is destitute. He is poor. He is the blind. He is the crippled. He is the lame. And he is the last person that you would probably want to sit beside at a royal banquet. In a power reversal of epic proportions, to take on the reputation of God is to surrender the reputation and affirmation we so often seek from one another. To take on the reputation of God is not to invite those whom you are like or seek to be liked, but instead to invite those into your home who could never pay you back in any way possible. Jesus says, this is the way to the banquet. He tells us to relinquish the grips on our pristine reputations, which we have worked so hard to build and protect, and to choose a reputation that we have always been taught to avoid. All of us leaves this with certain questions to ponder today. Questions like, where do I get my self-worth? Our reputations, which we are taught at such a young age to cherish and to hold, are important. They serve a function. Like I mentioned earlier, we all need that affirmation and recognition. But the question is, on who should we depend to be noticed and affirmed and recognized and liked? Who should we depend on for that recognition? Theologian James Allison said we have two choices. The first choice is that we can depend entirely on each other, on our peers, on humans. In which case our goodness, our striving to do well, the sort of life we lead would be a direct reflection of other humans. And we will have to do everything to keep ourselves well considered by them, receiving those whom they receive, voting who for voting for who they vote for and excluding those whom they exclude lest we run the risk of finding ourselves excluded as well but the other option writes Allison the other possibility is that we receive our recognition and affirmation solely from God and in doing so embrace and share in God's awful reputation Align ourselves with the victim, with the poor, the hungry, the destitute, the imprisoned, and the broken. This, Jesus tells us, is where we should find the reputation that we so desperately seek. In just a few moments, we will welcome into our cathedral community three new members through the ritual of baptism. Miller, Harris, and Emmerich. I'd like to welcome you into the body of Christ with some advice. It's a lesson I heard a long time ago, and it stuck with me. You only have one reputation, so be careful with it. It's hard to get it back once it's been lost. I say align with the awful reputation of God, the reputation of compassion, the reputation of service, the reputation of charity and thoughtfulness and sacrifice, the reputation of resurrection. This is the only reputation which recognizes you, cherishes you, 
loves you, and holds you unconditionally. Choose the reputation, the awful reputation of God, whose spirit, which dwells in us all, beckons us to the banquet table. Amen.